Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Good morning, everyone. So glad you could join us online today. My name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor of Refuge, and we trust that you are doing well. Uh, under these circumstances, we know that it can be difficult for many, but we know that we have a God that supports us and friends that can uphold us as we navigate through this season of life. I always like to start my message with a little bit of humor, because in the book of Proverbs, it tells us that laughter works like a good medicine. And so, and maybe you need a little good medicine before you hear my message. Um, I'm not sure. But anyway, there was a truck that was loaded with Vicks Vapor Rub. And it just happened to turn over in a, a traffic incident. And surprisingly, there was no congestion on the highway for at least eight hours. I want to take the opportunity to thank you for your generosity in giving during this time. Because as you know, the needs of the ministry continue as we reach out to our community. But I believe that your demonstration of generosity and faithfulness is important in this time. You know, it's interesting because there's a tendency uh, for us to become need-minded in the midst of a crisis rather than seed-minded. And what I mean by that is when we're need-minded, we're thinking about just ourselves and our needs to be met. But when you're seed-minded, you have consideration towards others. And your concern is, are they going to make it through this? And in that moment, we're able to express generosity and share, because in giving, we will certainly receive. So again, thank you for so much for your generosity. Most of us realize that living on earth can be expensive, but just think about it. It includes one free trip around the sun every year. And that's a distance of 584 million miles. Just think about that for a moment. Um, and I, I like a quote, and I'll share this with you by Winston Churchill. He says, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And I think that's so good. This week, we're gonna to continue to talk about the resurrection and understand what the resurrection of Jesus Christ does in our life and its impact. Uh, and we want to join our faith together as we prepare to pray at this time. So let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to gather together in this way to receive from your word. I pray, Father, and ask that you give us wisdom and revelation and understanding of the truth. We thank you, Father, that you desire us to grow in the knowledge of truth so that it can impact our life in a meaningful way. We look to you and your Holy Spirit to guide us this morning that we can receive something significant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, every time I share the word, it's my desire that you receive something from the Lord because so often we can hear a message and it can go in one ear and out the other. But I want it to really uh, settle in and take root and bear fruit in your lives. And when we talk about the resurrection, there's so much that has a real effect and impact upon your life. And I think so often people don't understand that. Uh, they celebrate Easter, Jesus is risen, uh, new life, but how does that impact the believer 
here and now in the moment that you're facing right now. Uh, I want to direct you to a scripture. It's found in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, because, and as you find your place there, if you have your Bible, that's great. Um, and as we look to the word, I believe we will be built up, encouraged in our faith. And as we grow in a greater understanding of biblical truth, it will help us to be able to not only be secure where we're at in our walk with God, but to minister to others around us and encourage them in their faith as well. So uh, we can all agree that Jesus rose from the dead uh, as believers, but it's important, as I said, to understand what the resurrection and its impact has directly upon each of us, you and I. In this verse that I'm about to share with you, the writer, the Apostle Paul, shares his desire to know and experience the power of the resurrection. And so let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, there's a whole lot that's packed into this passage, but I want to emphasize a couple of things. First of all, we see the Apostle Paul's desire to know the power of his resurrection and also identify with Jesus in his suffering. It was Paul's quest to know the power of Jesus' resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings in his own life. And this was really an identification with Christ, where he would come to know him and identify himself with him. Now, when we hear resurrection from the dead, it might freak us out a bit. Yet, uh, Paul is not talking about a zombie apocalypse. He's not talking about that at all. But yet, this isn't a topic that should uh, freak us out or scare us, but it's something we should pursue as the Apostle Paul did to really know and understand what resurrection was and what it meant for him. Paul's quest was to fully identify with Jesus Christ in his resurrection. That was his passion, and that should be our passion too. You know, mankind is the only creature in the universe that asks the question, why? See, animals have instincts to guide them along their path and their journey. With us, we're asking questions such as, who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? What's my purpose in life? These are all questions we can ask. The answers that come when you deny God's existence give no hope. Without reference to God, the answers we get can be ridiculous. See, we're not just some accident of nature. We're not just uh, here because of some evolutionary theory. We are here by divine purpose, by divine plan. And God has given us distinction. And every creature on this planet has a purpose which God designed for. In light of the resurrection, life takes on even a greater brightness and significance. It tells us that we are no accident at all, but we are someone created in the very image and likeness of God. And that really is amazing to know that we are created in his image and likeness. 
It tells us that our life is not doomed in death because through the resurrection, we will live in the presence of God for all of eternity. Uh, there is hope beyond the grave. I believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ impacts our lives. As Christians, we need to live our lives in light of the resurrection, in light of resurrection truth. And it's understanding that it means victory over death, hell, and the grave. And, and I could explain that a little bit later, but it's realizing that we have the power to live right, power to overcome the temptation of sin. We have protection. We have freedom from fear. We have hope for the future. We have a list of so many things in overcoming death, hell, and the grave. That's what Jesus did when he went to the cross. That's what he did when he redeemed us and brought redemption to humanity. In Acts 2.24, in the New American Standard Version, the scripture reads, and God raised him up again. That's referring to Jesus, putting an end to the agony of death. And I stress that word agony because it can be so painful, so uh, tormenting in people's lives uh, when they lose a loved one or when they're at that point where they're coming close to death themselves. The scripture goes on to say, since it was impossible for him to be held in his power. See, death could no longer hold Jesus in his power and neither can it hold you in his power. It's no longer a threat. Now, obviously, resurrection power supersedes the power of death, but you don't have to fear death when you have the guarantee of life with God beyond the grave. As many of you know, I recently lost my mom, and it's so sad to see her go. There's so many cherished and wonderful memories. She passed away a little over a week ago, and uh, yet we have this confident hope and assurance that she is in the presence of God. She's not dead, she's very much alive. She may have left us, but she has gone before us. We have a tremendous peace and comfort in our hearts knowing where she is. And the joy is that one day we will be reunited with her in heaven, in God's presence. And that's so reassuring to our hearts. See, we need a revelation of the resurrection. In Ephesians 1 verse 18, and I'm going to just paraphrase this, the Bible is talking about a prayer and the Apostle Paul is praying for the Ephesians. And he prays a prayer that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened so that they would know the truth and have an understanding of the scriptures. And that's a prayer that we can pray. Lord, give us a revelation of the resurrection, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened to this truth so we can walk in that reality now uh, as believers in the earth. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.14 makes this declaration. It says, now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. That's so powerful. He not only raised Jesus, but he raises us up with his power. So I ask this question, what is your understanding of his resurrection? Again, we must consider the impact of the event. There are actually three things that Jesus' resurrection changes. And that's what I wanna focus on today. His resurrection affects your past, your present, and your future. And if you would turn with me to Romans chapter six, verses four through six, because in this particular passage, we see the past, present, and future all in one verse. And then we wanna break it down a little bit beyond that. 
But in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, uh, starting at verse 4 in the English Standard Version, reads this way. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. That's referring to the past. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That's present. That's the present impact of his resurrection. Verse 5, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's future. Verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. That also refers to the present because the power of sin and its ability to enslave us is broken when we understand the power of Jesus' resurrection that we encounter and experience in our lives. Now, it changes the past. Uh, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It gives me encouragement and hope, and I'm sure it will for you as well. And this is in reference to the resurrection changing our past. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads in the English Standard Version, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So what we need to understand is that there's a change that takes place. What was is no longer more. We were sinners in the bondage of sin and slavery. We were alienated from God. We didn't have a relationship with him. We were living with a whole different passion and directive. And our interests, our desires, and all that were affected by how we used to live and be. But when Jesus came into our life, when we received him as our Lord and Savior, something changed. And, and what changes is we were made new. And, and this passage talks about a new creation. And this refers to something that did not exist before. You get a new life, a new heart, a second chance with God when you believe, when you put your trust in Him. Secondly, the resurrection changes our present because we walk in this newness of life. Resurrection in our present means a new life, a new way of living, a, a new passion, a different focus, a different set of desires. It's a change that occurs from the inside out. Let's go back to Romans chapter six at verse four. It says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We need to realize th what this is saying. When we look at this, just as Christ was raised from the dead, he overcame the hold of death and sin in its grip, and he rose above it. And the scripture is telling us that even so, just as Jesus rose above death, hell and the grave, we could live in newness of life. 
You need to get a hold of this because when you do, your life will change. The things that hold you down, the things that tear you down will no longer have a hold on you when you understand that you can walk in this reality right now. Now, another verse we see in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 in the New Living Translation, it says, And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So we're raised to this new life. See, that's something about Christianity that I think the world may not understand or comprehend, that it's not just taking on a set of rules and taking and embracing some form of a religion, but it's receiving a new life. It's receiving a new nature that empowers us to live a different way and walk a different walk. Thirdly, the resurrection changes our future. See, we're born again to a living hope. And when we understand that term, born again, that is describing what happens when a person receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They receive a new life. They're literally born spiritually into a new way of living. And this actually uh, affects the future when we're born again. We see this in First Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4 goes on to say, and this is speaking of the future, to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guided through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, we've only received the down payment of what God did for us through redemption and salvation, but we are going to receive much more in what we see through the scripture right here that God has promised to us. Uh, we enc I encourage you to read this and really uh, search this out even more to realize all that God has prepared for you and what's coming ahead for your future. See, Jesus' resurrection has big implications, not just for your past, not just for your present, but also for your future and eternity. I, when I speak of future, I'm speaking in an eternal sense. In a world that is blinded by what is temporary and lives for the moment, we realize that Christ followers recognize that the resurrection has changed everything. It's changed everything. I want to, as we bring this service to a close, extend an invitation to you uh, and realize that resurrection life means several things. And maybe you're in a place and you walk with God that you have not received Jesus as your Lord. Maybe you see him as some religious figure, as a good person who lived his life many years ago and healed the sick and was just kind and, and, and did a lot of good things. But it's understanding that Jesus is alive and he wants to make himself real to us. Uh, we realize that Resurrection means that you can be born again and share the life of God. Resurrection life is activated 
when you believe God and that he raised Jesus from the dead. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, and I love this passage, I share it often. It reads, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So within this passage, we see the importance of believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. See, uh, resurrection also means that we can experience abundant life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That word life is the Greek word zoe, which simply means life as God experiences it. In other words, Jesus wants you to experience life at a level that he experiences it. With the joy, the peace, the fulfillment, the security, and all that the life of God offers us. And then uh, we also see that resurrection uh, gives us a new position. See, we've been raised up together with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places, the scripture says. You have a different position when you receive Jesus. And his resurrection power positions you to be with Christ. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you're at, now maybe you're sitting there by yourself on the couch, maybe you're there with family and loved ones. Uh, maybe you are at a place that you have questions and you're just concerned about the future. And you really don't have that peace that your heart is right with God. I want to extend an invitation to you to receive Jesus right now. And you might say, how do I do that, Pastor Matt? How do I receive the Lord? Well, it's simply an invitation on your part to invite him into your life. He offers us an invitation to accept him. And so when we accept him, his invitation, and when we invite him into our lives, he will respond in a very powerful and meaningful way. And it's hard to explain how this happens, but it's all the work of God. And so if you would, uh, take a moment right now and pray this prayer with me, even if you are a believer. I call this a believer's prayer. If you already are a Christ follower and following him, this prayer will only reinforce the commitment and the faith that you have in Jesus. And I, I want to just at this time encourage you to pray this prayer. Just repeat after me and make these words meaningful from your heart as you pray to God. Dear Heavenly Father, I open up my heart to you right now. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I come before you and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you were raised from the dead by the power of God, the Father. And I believe that you are Lord and Savior. So right now, I believe and I confess you as the Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, make my life what you want it to be. I commit my life to you, and I determine from this day forward to follow you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, 
uh, feel free to contact us. If you need a Bible, we can get a Bible to you. Uh, we can reach out to you and help you, help you and you walk with God to grow and experience Him. We encourage you to read the Bible. We encourage you to begin to pray. And, and prayer is simply talking to God in a, a meaningful way and, and just to get to know Him. At Refuge, our desire is, is to connect you with other meaningful people, especially during this time. There's just a different way we do it in reaching out. But we want to be here for you in whatever way we can to help you grow in your walk with God. And if you rededicated your life today, we want to encourage you that God is a God who forgives and gives us a chance to continue to walk further and deeper in the purpose that he called us to. We are so overjoyed that you were able to join us today. Uh, we trust that this week will be a week of, of victory, a week where you will see positive and great things happening in your life as we continue to look to God and trust Him with our future. Thank you so much for watching today. Join us for one more song. God bless you. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.